0: Eminem, Destiny's Child, and Rihanna. What have they got to do with regional anesthesia? We think you're totally gonna love this episode. I'm
1: Amit Power. Put on your boots and caps. We're gonna talk acronyms and somebody might get spanked. I'm Jeff Cadston, and this is Block It Like It's Hot. Hey Ahmet, how you been, man? What have you been up to since the last episode? Hey Jeff, good to speak to you. Do you know what? I think you're probably going to regret asking me that question. Oh, why? Why is that? Not been up to much. Been thinking. Ah, oh, you've been thinking about how you lost your debate against me at the RAUK 23 last year. Is that it? Yeah,
0: haha, ha, very funny, Jeff. Well, listen, listeners, if you want to make your own decision about who won that debate, you know that you can watch that debate on either our block it like it's hot YouTube channel or on Jeff or my YouTube channel. But no, Jeff, the reason why you may regret asking me what I've been up to is that I might not stop talking about it. Oh, oh
1: really? Oh, I'm intrigued. Tell me. What's what's going on?
0: Okay, well, listen. Um, yeah, you know, one of my wife Kate's long-term wishes has always been to visit Hawaii. So, ah. um, after a lot of planning uh, and maybe a lot of saving up, uh, we managed to make it happen this year. We've just come back from this amazing trip. Oh,
1: I love that place, man! T- tell me about the highlights. It's it's a long way for you guys, right?
0: Holy moly, that was the yeah one of the longest flights I've been to. If I take uh, Australia out of the equation, it's a long flight, but um, it kind of we had a little bit of everything, man. So we flew out to San Francisco, uh, and guess what was happening whilst we were in San Francisco?
1: Oh, that was the ASA. That's right.
0: right. So the ASA was happening there, and we kind of had a bet uh, as to whether we bump into anybody or not from that meeting. But yeah, we so we went to San Francisco. We did Alcatraz, Fisherman's Wharf, Golden Gate Bridge, all of that stuff. <laughs> nice. And, you know, it was very different from the last time that I was there.
1: Well, the last time. You were telling me the last time you were there was nine eleven, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right.
0: So, whilst the the landscape and the geography is all the same, the vibe was slightly different. But you know, yeah, we sure we did that for a while, and
1: then we flew okay. to Oahu. I think that's how they say it. Oahu. Your uh, your Hawaiian accent is is incredible. Uh, it's, it's almost as good as your as your Kiwi accent.
0: We well, was trying to give us some. One of the guys was trying to give us some advice on how to say things properly. I think it's. Ooh, uh, ooh. anyway we in him <laughs> listeners he's trying to say oahu <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but then we saved him waikiki okay oh well, you got, nailed that one waikiki yeah, yeah. that's good well, if, yeah. i don't think i have actually i think I, there's i'm probably not saying it correctly but i got some tips from ed mariano and his wife carly um about places to go so we checked out some restaurants and we did a hike that nice. was amazing but you yeah. know what there was one amazing highlight so, we managed to
1: swim with turtles, dude. That was crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is incredible. We, um, so Corey and I got married in Hawaii back in 2002. Oh, wow. On, o- on Oahu, on the North Shore. And, uh, just, just us, um, we had a photographer and a non-denominational celebrant and it was on the beach. It was, a it was incredible. So. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it was. It was really awesome. It was um, very, very special, obviously. And uh, so, Oahu and Hawaii have a special place in our hearts. But we went back uh, 2021 in the summertime for the right. first time, and, and brought our kids for their first time, and uh, saw a, f- a bunch of different places. But uh, but yeah, we had a tur- we also had a turtle interaction. It was what was amazing was I, I know you hear about people swimming with dolphins at these resorts, which is uh-huh. Yeah, kind of uh-huh. planned. I'm like, "Here, we're gonna release a dolphin now, and you can pet the dolphin." But this was completely wild. Yeah, was, exactly. Got to the, yeah, got to the beach, and we we're swimming around, and all of a sudden, one one of the kids starts going <laughs> through the snorkel. We're <laughs> 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 like, "Oh my god, what's happening?" You saw a shark or something. And no, it's this gigantic turtle, a green turtle? Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, it's crazy because I, I exactly the same thing. I was holding. I was. I went out with Sienna. and I was holding, uh, and she's my youngest. We we, we were snorkeling. And then I suddenly grabbed a hand and I was squeezing it so so tight because I was scared. But I'll tell you what, it was amazing. It was absolutely yeah. amazing. And I can't believe you had the same experience. So There's obviously something, yeah. Hawaii is known for that. I didn't realize you could just randomly meet them, but that was that was crazy.
1: Same, yeah. We thought, uh, like, we just didn't expect it. it. was our first day. We just walked down to the beach, hey, we'll go for a little swim before we go for lunch and... I ended up with this um, a magnificent turtle experience. Uh,
0: Completely. So that will that will definitely be something that's etched in our memories. But what was amazing was when we went back to the beach to go and get my wife Kate and their elder elder daughter Sophia. They went out and they had the same experience. So we you know we kind of managed to 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 repeat that throughout the whole day, which is nuts. But you know what? So after Hawaii, so we did all of that crazy stuff. We did some walking. I was really put through my paces on the exercise front. Um, we then flew back uh, <laughs> via L.A. And we did our favorite hobby, you know, Disney, right? We went out to check out the OG Disneyland. Oh, yeah. Uh, right. uh, and now I'm back to work. So, so that's that's what I did in
1: a summary. Oh, man. that's uh, You're right. I do regret asking. <laughs> just kidding. Sounds like an amazing holiday. I was actually keeping an eye on your um, your Insta, and I saw some of your pics and videos, yeah. which looked just incredible. So, yeah. so I, got, uh, I, I do have two questions for you. All While right. you were in San Fran, did you actually... Bump into any anesthesiologists randomly?
0: Well, um, it's really funny you should say that. So this was kind of a, a constant source of you know amusement amongst the family. Are you going to meet somebody? Are you going to meet somebody? And actually, we were in the lineup for Alcatraz. You know, as a family, sitting there, just had our co- first coffee of the morning, chilling out. And a guy came up to me, um, big smile on his face, with his wife, and he sort of said, "Hey, um, Doctor Power, I'd just like to say hi to you." And my wife, eye rolled, definitely eye rolled. Um, and he was <laughs> like, "Hey, he's like, hey, Doctor Power, I know you from Twitter." And it turns out he was somebody who knew Nadia Hernandez very well, and he wanted to stop by and say hi. So that was so cool, um, and and it was weird. And then the funny thing is, we were actually on an open top bus tour going around uh, San Francisco. Uh, and there was a dude. He still had his lanyard on, uh, saying ASA uh, and a name badge. I didn't catch his name, but I, I was going to go up and say hello. But you know, my wife and kids said, that "Just leave the guy to his so, own." Yeah, you know, chill, chilling out. So, but yeah, so we bumped into Wise. two people uh which was which is cool Uh, yeah not surprising i guess
1: Uh, oh so disneyland it was how did it compare like i've been to disney world before in florida so how did it compare i've never been to the california one
0: so you know it was it was amazing it was great to see you know where it all started and some of the rides that they duplicate so like the star wars stuff actually it was a bit crazy because as you're walking around in it you could quite easily have been in one in florida the layout the the appearance was identical um but I, you know, we kind of finished the park in a day and a half. You know, it's much smaller footprint. So the rides are good. You know, and the ones they've got in common are the same. Right. Um, but I kind of think Disney World's just a little bit bigger and better. Yeah. It's got a much larger kind of um, breadth of, of things to do. And they've got more lands. But they're both great. But, you know, Florida's going to have that special place in the heart for me.
1: Well, that, there you have it, folks, from a Disney expert. There's yeah. your, your review. Well
0: listen, that's enough about me, man. So we've just done October, right? So should I ask what you've been up to, or is that a silly question? By the way,
1: <laughs> Blocktober was a balls. Oh, thanks, man. That was that's kind of you. Um yeah, was was fairly fairly busy with that. A little bit different this year, right? So you know, one one of the challenges that I knew I would face eventually was there are only so many blocks That's and right. how do you how do you right. fill That's 31 right. days full of content so we kind of we, we kind of have i, I realize i have kind of reached that point i mean I, you could get into some really obscure blocks and that sort of thing so you know i got into the um, making little shorts this year as as you probably yeah. saw and and what was interesting is how you can get a message across in 60 seconds or less i mean that was incredible
0: cuz you you're kind of forced to focus the point on on a particular part of the whole block. And it actually makes it really powerful. You say, look, hey, I want to talk about this bit. Check this out. And then if you want to know more, check out the other side. I think it was very clever. Very clever. Oh, thank-
1: yeah, thank- it's, it's interesting. And then the one that I, I was quite happy with was the, how to actually use intralipid, mm. you know, like, cause, cause that's, that's something we get across in lectures and workshops and that sort of thing. But to show someone here, rip open the kit, take your syringe, pull the lipid, hand it off to your assistant, he or she gives it. And then, you know, that sort of thing that was to do that in 60 seconds was I was, I was quite happy with that. but uh. I mean, I think somebody somebody mentioned it on
0: Twitter. They said, you know, you'll save lives with this short. And I, re- I really think that's true. It's so Real. powerful. It's such a simple message. And it's not something that somebody would normally think about putting in that format So so clever. Yeah, well done, man. Oh, thanks.
1: Yeah, it's I guess it's one of those things. It's like um doing a, a surgical airway or a, or a front of neck access. Like until you've practiced doing it or watched somebody do it, when you're in a yeah. situation in, when, you know… Your heart rate's 150. It's it, it's good to have thought about the steps, but uh, anyway, it was cool. It was a cool month. It's uh, it's over now, so f- <laughs> focusing on the next stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess for you, it, it, it's always ongoing, right? There's always the next project, the next thing to do. But yeah, I'm I'm I really loved Blocktober 23. I've literally got no idea what you're going to do for Blocktober 24. Um, Yeah,
1: you you and me both, buddy.
0: (laughs) So maybe maybe we could get some people to to tweet us or to to send Uh, us some suggestions. Some some ideas. What do they want to to know about?
1: (laughs) Well, speaking of suggestions and talking about stuff, what are we talking about today?
0: Okay, Jeff. I've been doing some practicing. I got a bit of grief for my rapping last time, so uh, I'm going to change Come it up on. a bit here. Okay? That was great. Right, so I'm going to give you some hints. Thank you, by the way. Okay, so I'm going to give you some hints as to what we're going to be talking about. Okay, here we go. Say my name, say my name, or unana. What's my name?
1: Unana. What's my name? You getting the vibe? Oh. oh, I do. Yes, yes. Okay, let me see if I can follow it up. Um, let's see. My name is. My name is, my name is Tiki Tiki Slim Jeffy. Yeah. No, wait. No. Was <laughs> I was wondering what you're going to do with the zip a Tiki Tiki. Slim Jeffy. I wish. Dude, they Have I've eaten so much Halloween candy. Oh yeah! Do you guys do you, I, do you do Halloween candy trick or treat? Yeah, and stuff? we do. Oh, we def
0: we definitely do. We definitely do. But um, so it's not Slim Jeffrey anymore, right? No, okay. no, no. It's, uh... <laughs> Listen, I'm so happy you went with that I was wasn't sure where you're gonna go but that that was that was better um so let's see what people have to say about that musical interlude well yes you're right man uh I thought we'd look at nomenclature and names in regional anesthesia so like what's in a name does it matter what's the best way to describe a block what do you think about
1: that yeah I think it's it's great it's another potentially controversial topic lots to unpack there and I'm, I'm guessing this might be a bit of a polarizing pod well listen i'm all
0: about that i want people to be talking about what we're talking about and getting into the vibe so yeah let, let, let's get into it so i think um this has probably been an age-old issue it's is not just something that's happened with ultrasound so i'm thinking about to when i first started and probably, the, again, we talked about some of the first blocks that we did, but I remember somebody saying, um, are you go, you know, I'd like you to do a Winnie approach to this interscaling break complex right. block. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then somebody said, well, if you don't do a Winnie, you can do a Maya. I don't know why I'm doing a posh English accent, because the person who to me didn't sound like that.
1: <laughs> but, um, I mean, sounds, uh, sounds better. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, of course. Yeah. So the, all, the, all the different variations, depending on who described it and who modified it and, and that sort of thing.
0: But we named them after the people that came up with them, which, of course, doesn't help you with know how to do it,
1: right? Right. Yeah, I remember the Raj approach to the... Well, he had two, I think. I, he had the Raj, there There's a Raj Ooh. approach to the sciatic.
0: That was my favorite. Because that was the one when you flex the hip uh, and knee to 90 degrees, right? Draw a line between the uh, ischial tuberosity and greater trochanter. Draw them and then kind of bang somewhere in the middle. That was the Raj, right?
1: Yeah, but you're missing the, the memorable point for me, which was you, you sit in a chair and have the patient's ankle on your shoulder. That's right. <laughs> and you're coming at the buttock from the <laughs> from the back yeah from the back it was a potentially potentially precarious situation there that's right um, and then there was a very but so what was the other raj i don't know the other Raj. oh uh infra- infraclavicular so it was like you started much more medial and then aimed out towards the axilla so
0: we've got two raj two raj blocks so you can't just say i did a block You <laughs> and say which raj block did you do upper raj lower raj yeah exactly Big Raj, little Raj. Um, what about the Labat? You know, and there was a Labat. So, I mean, can I I can now I'm saying the name. I remember the name because I had to do my Ezra Diploma and remember the name. But I can't remember how to do it. So, yeah, I, these names were so confusing. I mean, what else could they've done at the time?
1: It's it's true. There was a lot of Euclidean geometry. So you, you know, palpate this bony landmark. Whoa, and-
0: whoa, whoa, whoa! Say that
1: again. Say that again. The what geometry? euclidean you know okay help draw me. a line between point a point b bisect it 90 degrees from this you know oh my
0: god euclidean that is like i've, I've never used that that word oh, yeah. in my vocabulary ever that's like now i'm feeling really stupid uh, no, no 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 Googling i've got it i've got have got, got a
1: handful of words that i just drop into uh my teaching euclidean, <laughs> yeah, euclidean. that make okay, me I mean, that make me definitely... sound really smart but uh yeah. i'm using that i'm using yeah, that yeah
0: yeah But look, I mean, we gave him a couple of examples there, but ultrasound has mess this up even more right
1: yeah because it it's been an explosion of techniques and so you know you, you move your probe a centimeter or tilt it a little bit this way and oh i'm gonna that's a new technique i'm gonna just i'm gonna call that the yeah. the power block oh yeah listen i've got some ideas about that we'll come back to the power block oh. later don't you worry okay. about that and
0: um, but, oh. but listen and that's where it might get controversial towards the end of the episode so we i will touch on that but i want to tell you a story i mean I remember, so remember, I've mentioned before about how Raf Blanco was one of of the people I I worked with during my fellowship. Yeah. So I remember before he'd published uh, the Pex Block, uh, we were having, I'd started my job as a consultant. He started talking to me about the Pex Block. And of course, in theory, and we'll come on to this, we don't call them uh, the Pex Blocks anymore. But I remember him saying to me, he said, oh, Amit, do you, you know, just, you know, I was talking about a lecture. And he said, oh, you could talk about the Pex and Boots Block. I was like, "What?" It sounded like he was trying to pecs scat. Boots and boots and, pecs um, yeah. and boots and, and boots. And <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, "What's the pex block?" He said, "Oh, don't worry, you'll see. You'll see. It's coming out soon." I still don't know what the boots block was. I never, I've never found out. But the
1: pex block was—I <laughs> don't know whether that hasn't been. He's just too. messing with, messing with you. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, but maybe he it. was. Wait for it. Still waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Rafa, where's the boots block? I'm mean, ready to put it in my presentation. Oh, I like that. I like the name though.
0: Exactly, it's great. I, I think it was something to do with foot and ankle, but I, I don't know because I never, I've never seen it. So, but yeah, you know, I, so I heard about the PEX block before it first came out, and then you know the thing that really confused me about the PEX block, and this is the whole, the whole thing that kind of gets my goat, is. It especially happened with my American colleagues, because I, I don't know why. Maybe it was every time I came to Azure, people would say, did you do a PEX-1 or did you do a PEX-2? And I was like, no, no, a PEX-2 has got both endpoints. It's got the first endpoint and the second endpoint. And they were like, no, no, but did you do a PEX-1 or a PEX-2? So this thing kind of went on forever. And then Rafa created this serratus plane block. Thank God he didn't call it PEX-3, because that would have been disaster, right?
1: I know. Although... So just so we're clear, the PEX1 is depositing local between pec major and pec minor. So the interpectoral plane. That's the interpectoral, exactly. Mm -hmm. And the PEX2, as Rafa originally described it, was that plus the sub-PEX minor deposition of local. Or the pectoceratis injection, the pectoceratis injection, as we call it now. But I know what you're saying about, like, so personally, I... (laughs) I'm guilty of that. Like, I think pex one is between the two muscles. Which it is, yeah. And pex two, we just ended up calling, inaccurately, I, I understand, from yeah. because it didn't correspond with Rafa's original description, which included both. Pex two was just the, between pec minor and serratus. Yeah. Uh, and that, that, that yeah. became so much easier. It's sort of, a, it's interesting how that happened, right? Like, he described yeah. it in one way, but it very quickly ter- took on... People have said, "Yeah, we're going to make our own little PEX one is this, PEX two is this." And but but that you ask hundred regional anesthesiologists here in the U.S. what PEX one and PEX two yeah, is, yeah. That, that's probably what they'll give you.
0: Because it it probably makes sense to talk about it like that, I, I, and I do get it. But the problem is now when you start looking at the literature, right? When somebody says that you have to really dissect when somebody says I did a PEX two block for procedure X or Y. We got to understand actually what did they do, and you have to really you know work, look down into the details, and then when you collate these papers together and um systematic reviews and meta analyses, yeah, uh, are all PEX 2s the same or, or not? And that's where it, I think that's why we needed to have some clarity. Yeah, yeah, I, and, I agree. And then there's another one. So so I'm talking about the serratus plane, right? So of course, you know we had a, a superficial serratus plane block and a deep serratus plane block, and then there was this other block which you you know the sifbo. Do you know what I'm talking about? The SIFBA, serrato intercostal fascial plane block? Uh,
1: this, yeah, yeah, right.
0: So, so, so is the SIFBA the same as the serratus plane? And this is where, you know, for me, I think what we call nerve blocks is really important, especially if you want to bring more and more folks along on this journey with us of regional anaesthesia where ultimately patients benefit. We all got to be talking the same language, man.
1: Yeah, yep, it makes sense. And your point about being able to interpret the literature correctly is is a good one, right? How do you trust a paper if, or a meta-analysis for that matter, if if they're all being done different ways and we're not?
0: Well, I mean, a hundred percent. And then listen, how can we not talk about the QL blocks, right? So this is where you know we've kind of touched on it very briefly beforehand, Um but you know we got this. We started off with QL one, uh, and then QL two, and then QL three, and then there was a, somebody else who described the intramuscular QL block, which sort of seems to have quietened down a bit. Yeah, but that was called QL four. I, I remember that being called QL four as well. Did somebody call it yeah. QL four? I mean, it would make
1: sense, right? <laughs> I like a QL eight.
0: Oh, well and you you, I think you might remember in our teaser about uh about <laughs> setting up the podcast you made some gank about uh about q you know do you, you want me to teach you the ql
1: surgically remove the ql muscle <laughs> squirt local all over it and replace it back in and then it's yeah so I think so you know
0: that's what again where it's got confusing because the one two three doesn't t- it's not an easy way of remembering where it is so thankfully um and we'll we'll talk about it later there's there are there's a new way of thinking about the block and also how can you expect injection at different locations around the muscle where there are different surrounding structures to behave in the same way and are they all the same block well that's that's a
1: (laughs) i've got opinions
0: yeah yeah well maybe maybe we'll get into that um and what about the peng ting about the peng block um how many peng blocks are there jeff oh Wait, what? There's more than one? Yeah, see, I need that. So so there is we, so the pen block that you you and I both know is the pain block associated with hip surgery, right? Yeah. But there was also a shoulder pang block described. I can't believe you didn't know this because no, when I saw this, I no. was like, why do they call it the pen again? Oh, um, so there's a pericapsulate approach to the shoulder. So I, I you know, I saw that written and I immediately thought, I'm not gonna read this because I'm gonna get confused.
1: Yeah, but wait, it's called the peri it's called the peng block of the shoulder still
0: apparently i i, I read it and as I, as i started reading it, i thought i can't read anymore because i'm going to get confused so i um i'm not subscribing to the shoulder peng block although i'm sure it's a technique but i, I am not going to go there
1: i do have to say i admire Philip peng for shoehorning four words into a <laughs> awkward acronym that exactly matches his surname <laughs> um (laughs) what uh yeah so tell me is there a power block uh that we're going to read about in the next issue of our well
0: if you're interested in posterior abdominal wall analgesia oh there it is uh Lloyd Turbot came up with a periarticular wrist uh analgesia block um so maybe this what about the Gadsden what would that be
1: (laughs) man I've tried there is uh it's too many letters too many consonants okay
0: greater auricular uh oh. and then i'm stuck yeah but, uh, you guys can you can you come up with a good acronym for a block with Gadsden's den's name
1: in it that would be great yeah i really appreciate that thanks uh you know the funny the funny thing is i mess with our trainees uh frequently and one of the I'll, there's about 18 different gadsden signs that all, and I'll just I'll say it straight faced <laughs> during during the procedure. So see, you see how the uh, the artery is deforming there as the local is spreading around. That's called the Gadsden sign, and it's associated with a hundred point zero percent success rate on this block. Or um, they please don't tell me they believe you. Do they believe? I think you? Th- you know you get different reactions, right? So but but different but totally different things. So the funny thing <laughs> when you when the when the trainee comes back for their second rotation or they're doing a different block, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> see how the uh, the nerve to vastus medialis is sort of peeling off the. The muscle there—that's called the Gadsden sign—and they're like, "Wait, you—you you told me the Gadsden sign." <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, what I want, <laughs> what I want is for someone to say that on the oral exam or the viva and say, "Well, obviously, I would—I would look for the Gadsden sign." Can you imagine? I'd, I'd, That's—I'd, yeah, that would warm, my <laughs> warm,
0: warm my heart. Do you know what I'm going I'm to try that? I'm going because I've I've got a colleague called Dan Taylor. He's a colleague of mine from um, from guys in St. Thomas's, and he will quite often say uh, to uh, to a trainee. Ah, oh, no, that's taylor's first rule of anesthesia and he always manages to to to, to create these yeah. taylor's rules of anesthesia so i think i'm oh that's a great idea I'm, I'm gonna have a look and see if i can create some of those guys
1: oh the power rule yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's good maybe the patient seizing as a needle's coming out of the tissue is that the uh, so the powers <laughs> come on power man. <laughs> i don't want to be associated
0: with that <laughs> certainly not with my 100, 100 mils of local anesthetic that i normally need <laughs> to get some of these blocks to work <laughs> and, and, and the other thing that's that's confusing again you know and it's interesting I just recently did a a lecture or a webinar for the Royal College of Anesthetists and the BJA, they've got a 100th year um, anniversary coming up, so I did um, a lecture on the uh, evolution of fascial plane blocks and I was looking back to the first description, right? I'll tell you what I use as what I use as a reference for that. I use an article. There's a, a really great article called "Essentials of Our Current Understanding of Ab- of Abdominal Wall Blocks." Is that familiar to you, Dr. Gans? <laughs> it does sound
1: familiar. Maybe yeah. yeah, we, yeah. Were, <laughs> we were we were both fortunate enough to be part of that publication. But That's some shameless shameless self promotion going on in this episode.
0: <laughs> Listen, it's about time, man. It's about that time. Um, so I kind of thought I would um I'd, I'd use it as a reference, and I went back to look at. The first description of the of the um, of the tap block, which uh, Keijin helped um, beautifully put together in that article, and do you, know, do you remember when it was? Do you remember the year? I'm
1: going to say 2001.
0: Oh my goodness, that's some hardcore and trivia. Absolutely, that was Rafi. Yeah, uh, Rafi described it in 2001, but as a letter. Yeah, that was written as a letter, and it was landmark. That's right. It was a landmark yeah. approach. Now, do you remember... Triangle of Petit? Yeah, exactly. Well, yes. But do you remember how long after that John McDonnell, who I'd always associated with that block, how long after that he described the same technique but actually called it the tap block? Because Rafi in 2001 called it the abdominal wall field block, but it was
1: called a transverse abdominis plane block.
0: Do you remember when that was?
1: uh i'm gonna say like do you know
0: this i'm gonna go on go on
1: this by the way this is all unprompted i didn't this is that that was a He didn't give me these questions ahead of time folks no i didn't i just want to see i'm gonna say 2007 oh my god that's unbelievable you're absolutely <laughs> right <laughs> but that was you have to remember this is this is exactly when i was like learning all this stuff right so it was like it was imprinted in my mind so i'm gonna know? give you some time points so 2001 yeah.
0: Uh, I had just started as an emergency department uh, junior doctor, and um, that was before I started anaesthetics. And in 2007, I was midway th- during my training. So 2007 was, yeah, I, I was I was aware of the tap block then, but I missed the landmark description in 2001 because I wouldn't even think about anaesthetics. But interesting. But but since and again the same year 2007, after McDonald described it, and McDonald and O'Donnell, by the way, Brian O'Donnell. Who does listen to the podcast i have on good yeah, uh, yeah. good authority hey brian um so brian and john did that 2007 paper then there was a dude in 2007 the same year who described the ultrasound approach do you remember who that was gasden oh um if you get this i'm gonna i'm literally i'm i'm out that powers rule of anesthesia and um, know when you've lost <laughs> no i don't remember that that was 2007 same year actually as the as the okay. donald o'donnell paper peter hebbard um peter Ah. heaven from australia described the ultrasound guided approach to the tap block but but it all got a bit crazy after that because you know was the ultrasound tap block the same as the landmark tap block and what do you reckon about that oh i
1: think yeah it got it got very confusing because then you got into like subcostal tap and and at some point, someone was talking about, I remember hearing somebody go, oh, I do a six-point tap. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. How whoa. Much, where, where are you putting the needle? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and then lateral, anterior, posterior tap. So, like, it was tap-tastic, yeah.
1: right? Too many taps. <laughs> tap. Too many taps. Sounds like a kid's story. Now yeah.
0: there was a, Now, there's something else that I'd seen recently, and this is when I know that it's getting too much for me. Um, it's a very, very wise and very productive Turkish colleague of ours um, has been associated with another block called the Tapper Block.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right, the Tapper.
0: But I had to, rem- I, I couldn't remember um, what the acronym stands for. I think it is Thoracoabdominal pericondrial analgesia. I don't know. I right. So,
1: what is it? What does it sound for? Yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah. It, but it, and then there's a modified Tapper as if the first TAPA wasn't good enough. We've got a no, better way to but it's but isn't, but the TAPA is very similar to the external oblique intercostal plane block.
0: See, here is exactly my point. So now you're right. Now, the EIOC that kind of makes sense to me because it tells you two muscles external oblique and intercostals. And it tells you, you are going to jet between. Them. So I can understand that. Um, yeah. But these we've got a couple of techniques that are very set, very closely related, but they've got completely different names. And I think this is kind of the whole point of talking about is because you know there are lots of blocks. We could you know, go on for a large part of this podcast naming some few names. I've got a few more that I do want to cover. Um, but we, we've got to find a way of pooling it all together so people can understand what we're talking about. I don't think my average or even... A standard person who's been with me uh, as a senior anesthetist doing uh, regional anesthesia fellowship, I'm probably not going to teach them a TAPa block. But does that mean I'm failing? I might. I'm definitely going to teach them an external oblique intercostal because I can remember that. But if I can't remember the name of the block, um, I'm not going to teach him Is that is that a bad thing? Am I a bad teacher?
1: Well, no. I think I think the way I'm looking at this is people will do external oblique intercostals and people will do TAPas, and at some point as we accumulate experience, we'll realize, okay, that slight modification or maybe the original block or whatever, one of them is going to be slightly better. Maybe. I don't know. And then we'll just say, okay, well, let's just all call it the one thing and we'll all do it the same yeah. way. I,
0: I think there's I think there's a lot that we we kind of need to unpack. But listen, I've got to, I've got to ask you one thing. Having used the phrase fat pack, what does IPAC stand for? Now, every time... I say it, I say something slightly different. So when you say IPAC, what do you say? What does it stand for?
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, is there is there
0: controversy about this? I don't think uh, there's controversy. It's just I, I don't get it right. I, I'm sure oh, I say something okay. different every time.
1: Uh, in- interspace between the popliteal artery and capsule of the knee. No?
0: In- interspace between the popliteal artery uh, and the capsule of the knee. So I sometimes say infiltration with the posterior... <laughs> popliteal artery uh, yeah posterior pop no interspace with the popliteal the artery and, the and that that sounds so simple but
1: i definitely say something different each time and i'm not quite <laughs> sure why well so, so so shout out to sanjay sinha who from hartford who innovated this infiltration technique right so he does a ton of knees and mm. was looking for a way to do what the surgeons do with their posterior capsule infiltration but do it better more reliable more precise and use ultrasound guidance so they're not going to hit the artery or hit the nerves. And then he came up with this putting local between the knee capsule and the palpiteal artery. And... Came up with a kind of a sexy name for it too, right? IPAC. But I think that, th- yeah, you're right. So I
0: think the reason I get it wrong is I say infiltration, but it's actually the space interspace between the pop, the after and the captioning. Okay, that is now ingrained in my head. I'm never <laughs> going to forget that. Um Listen, I, th- I, I, just, I think, we think we said a few names for a while. Let's just have a slight diversion. I think it's time we go for a dad joke. Okay. Are you ready for I'm, this? Yes. It's always dad joke time. Okay. Well, listen. This this dad joke has come from again. We've mentioned these guys a few times. The Soulsby's. So Charlotte Soulsby, who with her dad Ian made a video about us, which I may decide to share on YouTube at some stage. But here's a joke that they came up with. Um, Jeff, I was going to tell you a periodic table joke about noble gases, but unfortunately, all the best ones are gone.
1: <laughs> Argon. Oh are God. Gone. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Good one.
0: I'm still laughing. I thought it was really good. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting that. That's good. That's good.
1: Have you got anything for me? Let's see. Okay. Here's mine. What do you call a beehive with no exit? What do you call a beehive with no exit? I
0: have no idea. Unbelievable. Oh my goodness. That is so up my street. I love that joke, Jeff. Thank you so much. That is brilliant. <laughs> uh, listeners, um, we're going to keep delivering these dad jokes until you tell us to stop. And then probably if you tell us to stop, we'll probably come up with a few more. So if you want to improve the quality of these jokes, please do do direct <laughs> message us and we can hopefully um, uh, entertain you. Okay. So after that slight diversion, Jeff, I kind of want to get back into this. So we were, I was, alluding to some of this controversy about different names etc but who's got the right to name a technique or to rename a technique what do you think about this
1: so i'm glad you went there because i had a visceral reaction to the effort made to consolidate and rename some of these techniques we're both involved with the paper that came out about nomenclature yeah that was chest and abdominal wall right the azra and ezra yeah Yeah. and uh Led by Kareem El Baghdadli in 2021, yeah. and so, and 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 the idea was it's it was rightly so an effort to pull together some of these disparate and confusing names like QL one two three four that we we can do a better job of of making it so that when you say to somebody hey I want to do a yeah. fill in the blank they know exactly yeah. what that means and so a lot you know trying to use anatomic names as opposed to one, two, three, four. So that's good. But, but then as I said, I had this visceral reaction and that reaction was like, wow, man, I feel really bad for the people that did innovate these, their imagination and efforts have not been not, not wasted, but have been, it's like, thank you very much. We're now this, this other group is now going to take that and we're going to rename your, your baby. Kind of thing yeah well, I mean it's important to mention Jeff,
0: isn't it that when this um, Azra Ezra um, uh, Delphi uh, consensus project we did involved a large number of regional anesthesia practitioners and experts, including people um, who had described these techniques. They were part of that whole panel So we had a big group of people together. yeah so these are exactly some of the people who might be hearing their block name being moved off the off the shortlist of what we're going to call these blocks.
1: Yeah, so it, it, it's an interesting question, right? So does Rafa have more agency? Does he deserve more agency in the discussion of the QL or the PEX? Or does Iwana Kastash, who described the MTP block, the midpoint between the transverse process and the pleura, get to lead that discussion about if we want to rename that, yeah. how do we do that? Well, do you know what?
0: You, so I obviously have a, I have a personal connection to this. So Iwana Kostas is an incredible regional anaesthetist from Canada. And you know, I met her in, um, I'm trying to think when it was. I think it was 2016. I'd gone out to the ISURA meeting in Canada. And Iwana pulled me aside and said, oh, can I can I have a word with you? And she, I was like, yeah. She's like, listen, I've been watching your videos on YouTube that you made for ELSORA, the London Society region of Regional Anaesthesia. And she said, I've been watching your paraversial video. And... Um, did you notice that when your needle was behind the superior transverse ligament and you injected the pleura dropped i said yeah actually joe you know, I, I did notice that <laughs> kind of but then i carried on advancing and, and and yeah i went into the space she's like well because i've been finding the same thing in clinical practice and i think there's a real thing here i want to investigate this i think you don't need to have your needle deep to the superior transverse ligament to, in order to get a block and I, you know i think this is really great for increasing the utility of, you know, nearly paravertebral blocks. We hadn't quite framed the that coined the phrase paravertible by proxy then or paravertebral light blocks. So we had this discussion, we did some cadaveric work and then we came together and so actually we, we got some really great results and Iwana said, what are we going to call this? And she came up with a few variations and the you know, midpoint between transverse process and plural and there was like MTTP. I was like, Iwana, you know, I think that's gonna there's too many letters. I think we need to have a three letter acronym, so let's go with MTP. So we called it the MTP, but it was all Iwana's um, observations and she put all that hard work into it. And so then when so, whoa,
1: whoa. So you you're a co founder.
0: Yeah, but yeah, but, but Iwana's the she's the she's the she's the, <laughs> she's the big boss. You're a co namer. Uh, I was a co-namer exactly, but we you know we we had this discussion. So, yeah. um, But then of course people said, "Oh, MTP." Does that mean it's somewhere in the foot? You know, of course, metatarsal. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but so I see. So for that for that reason, I understand it. But you know, now we've lumped that together with some of the other blocks that are near the paraspinal place. There was the um, I can't remember now. Jens Borglum uh, named the MICS. So multi something intercostal space. What does the MICS stand for again? I oh, you know. got me.
1: I don't know. It's, and that, yeah, that's so, it's a prob-
0: so this is now, we, now we've pulled them all together. Well, now we call them ITP. At least we know it's in that intertransverse process space. I kind of get the logic, but I do
1: feel bad. And I interrupted your flow there, Jeff, sorry. No, I just, I I actually think that sometimes an eponym or a more memorable acronym is better than, than one that is, has a bunch of letters that truly describe the, the anatomical relations but are has no meaning to it right like itp i think idiopathic thrombotic purpura, whatever and i have to think to myself oh yeah right no no that they're talking about interspace th- 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 oh flori- yeah, yeah 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 versus yeah. and i and i so i so here's a case in point the interpectoral plane block or the pecto plane yeah. i get that those where those mean but pecs is just so easy to remember. Yeah. Do, do you agree, or I, am I? I do. You know,
0: well, what can I tell you? I can tell you that, despite being an author on these Ezra <laughs> Nomenclature the uh, like, project, this consent uh, opinion thing, um, I still find myself saying, "We'll do a PEX for this." Yeah, I do. I do. I do. And, but... and I
1: think, I think, what I, just, I want to say one thing here: we're both in favor of yeah making things easier for learners. And making things standardized for the description, so that when you read paper A and paper B, we know what we're talking about. But I think perhaps maybe we go too far sometimes. And if there's a legacy name that, that is easy to remember, that might serve the purpose.
0: Except with the PEX one, PEX two, and and that's where I think it, and I think that's where it <laughs> may get confusing. But but you know, it's all fair enough for us to come up with these opinions in these journals. But then. We need people to start sticking to that, and or or listening to, it, or journals to say, do you know what, when you've called it um, the uh, the transversus thoracis plane block, do you actually mean to say deep parasternal intercostal plane? So, so we need that to translate to journals because ultimately we all want to to do evidence based medicine or practice evidence based medicine, and for that to be the case, we all have to be speaking a same language. Yeah,
1: speaking the same language is great, but also. Having a way to communicate it clearly is is also good. So, for example, nobody's got time for retroclavicular inter I- infraclavicular. Just say raptor.
0: No. Oh, but you've got a vested interest because you've invested in those raptor claws, right? And then you give those to your fellows if they do a raptor block. They get a Duke and <laughs> rap Raptor Claw. I mean, that you've got you've got some skin in the game there. But
1: <laughs> so funny story, you know, the raptor acronym. We were sitting around the block area one day saying. This is a really cool block. We really enjoyed doing this. We think it's got a lot of value and easy to do and you see your needle really well. Horrible name. We got to come up with like just saying retroclavicular infraclavicular approach is just it's awkward. So, we actually started with the word raptor and then went, went back okay, how can we make the word raptor fit?
0: Is that the is that how you came up with it?
1: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, retroclavicular approach. You heard it here first, guys. To the infraclavicular region. Yeah. It works. It works. And I there's a moment I had uh, about a year later. I was teaching a workshop in New York and the workshop included infraclaviculars, traditional infraclavicular block. And so we're I'm sort of going through at the station with these people and one of the guys is from Australia and he goes, "Oh yeah, mate, this is a great great approach, but have you heard of the raptor block?" Oh, no, mate. Were you serious? <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> uh
0: so how would how was this guy coming up with the uh with the information about the reptile block had he had he read it i oh, went kiwi there damn it why can't i stick to one place sorry but how did he find out about the raptor block how did he find out about it like,
1: so we are oh, we we wrote a letter uh ah. to a publication that was about the rhetorical vicator and he said and we in, in the cheekily in the letter we said just we we called this the whatever and it just it sort of took off
0: i remember I, I actually remember i actually remember the letter and and, the, and you had you had a couple of diagrams with the color doppler on the vessels or yep. something yeah exactly I exactly because exactly.
1: there because there are i think there are advantages i mean we can go into what you yeah. know whether you like it or not but but the name this is sort of part of my point is that the name is catchy enough and i get it that's it's, it's, it's sort of a, a goofy trick but But the name is catchy enough that people remember that. And and when you say it, you know exactly what people mean.
0: Well, I have a confession. I I think I might have shown Uh-oh. you a, a screenshot. I I was asked at Ezra um, to do a talk. Uh, it was an expert opinion on the Raptor Block, and I I put a graph in there about adoption of of the of people adopting doing the the um, the Raptor Block, and I called it the Gansden Effect. Uh, there was a sort of slight <laughs> uptick when you called it the Raptor Block, and you made it seem appealing, and you gave these prizes and all the rest of it. But you're right. Once you, if somebody says, do you want to do a retroclavicular approach or you know a retroclavicular infraclavicular like what does that even mean yeah Uh, or why would i do that because actually still to me it sounds a bit crazy but we're not going to get into that in this in this episode it sounds a bit crazy to do it (laughs) but yeah i I think you're right when you make the name seem uh relatable or approachable or dare i say exciting you might entice people to do it but i still think man you have a nerve you have a location you have a needle insertion that makes sense so the lateral approach to the sciatic nerve block. That sciatic nerve block, and then it tells you where your needles come in. That makes more sense to me, right? Does that not? Be, doesn't that make sense to you? I mean, because I can say retroclavicular approach to the infraclavicular region. Yeah, it kind of sadly now it's got it in my head. You have made me say raptor without realizing.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my evil plan is coming together. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I, I I'm gonna just say also that i i fully recognize that i'm a bit of a romantic when it comes to eponyms and that sort of thing like i i do like, i do like some of the old terms for yeah. things like like quincy oh yeah do you yeah yeah or or dropsy oh, yeah, like those yeah, those yeah, sorts yeah. of old-fashioned uh yeah i remember when you know doing the medical student you know learning how to use your ophthalmoscope and somebody said oh you've got a yeah somebody said yeah. to me oh you got an argyle robertson pupil <laughs> so, <laughs> Just, just joking. I don't have syphilis.
0: I was going to say, I remember what that was called. <laughs> but listen, I've got another one for you. You talking about you want to have a an you know an acronym that's easy to remember? Have you heard of the Spank Block?
1: <laughs> yeah, I have actually. Yeah, we we giggled about that. I think I think that's. I I suspect that that was a very similar story to the Raptor. Like people sitting around yeah. thinking, how can we make a a funny a kind of a funny or. Memorable acronym,
0: but Jeff. I just want to say something very quickly to our to our listeners. Please don't Google Spank Block. Please don't Google <laughs> Spank Block because um, unfortunately I did, uh, oh. and you won't like what you see, and certainly not at work. So don't Google a, it. An
1: SFW situation.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But do you remember what Spank stands
1: for? Uh it was it was the it was a variation on the IPAC, right? Like it was a it,
0: it was. Yeah. It was the sensory posterior articular nerves of the knee, and this is a landmark block. I'm laughing because on this webinar I did on uh, Friday, somebody actually put this question in the um, in the chat. <laughs> They're like, "What do you think about a spank block?" And I, I, I you know, when a question came up, I smiled. I don't know if that got caught up on the camera, but um, yeah. So I mean, so that's that's a perfect example. Somebody said, "Oh, would you want to do a spank block?" I, you know, I would just laugh, but I don't remember what it is. Whereas. The IPAC is kind of, it's been associated with it. I'll remember it. Now, there's another one I want to talk to you about. So there's been a, a, an explosion of regional anaesthesia experts, techniques, and practice and papers coming out of India. Um, And there was a technique that was called the CAPS block. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I have. Yep. So uh, this is an issue I have. Now, the guys that are involved with it, I've, I've met a couple of them. They're amazing physicians and clinicians and researchers. Um. But the first part of that acronym, the C, do you know what that stands
1: for? Uh, yeah, it was crosswise, right?
0: Yeah, I don't even know what that
1: means. Yeah. It's,
0: it, so, it, so it stands for crosswise approach to popliteal sciatic. So again, this is, I, I think, actually, it's a lateral approach to the popliteal sciatic nerve block. So I don't know whether it needs an acronym. I think this is where, you know, I when I started off my career, I desperately wanted... Um, uh, to, to make some impact, to get some papers, to get some publications. There is partly a desire for us to get publications. Um, and actually, we with research, we want to share our ideas and our opinions. But I'm not sure all the time whether we get it right i don't know i i, I know that i'm going to be controversial here So i'm just curious to know what your thoughts are about that
1: so i th- i think that so the sciatic nerve you can block 12 different ways right like yeah. from the parasacral approach right down to the popliteal but so i think it has value because it and i know we had this discussion during the delphi nom- nomenclature paper on upper limb and lower limb stuff so infraclavicular is another another example. So, you can approach it different ways. And this came up with, with the Raptor. Like, do we need it? Do we need to have that description? And there were some that argued, well, yeah, you do because even though your needle endpoint is the same, you're still at, deep to the axillary artery where you're coming from differs and that has implications for safety maybe or efficacy or patient positioning and, and, and so on and so forth so yeah to me this adds clarity to say i'm doing the caps block oh and that means i'm not at the popliteal crease or at a couple of centimeters yeah. it's further as i recall it's further up the thigh
0: so it's interesting so so vicente roquez said he wanted he wanted us to disagree with each other more this, I think, is going to be the first time oh, that we've had okay. like, a formal disagreement on air, because yeah, because I because I I couldn't remember what crosswise means, and I still don't think I know what crosswise means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> crosswise. What did, I mean, I mean, you told me told me <laughs> Euclidean today. I'm going to definitely Google that when I get off here. Um, but um, was if you said, oh well. You're going to do a proprioceptive nerve block. We're doing a, la- a lateral approach. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it's. Um, I'm just conscious that every time a new block comes out, a new acronym. Maybe it's because I'm lazy. I guess I'm lazy now. I don't want to learn anymore. We're always learning in regional anesthesia, but I haven't got any space for any more names. So maybe <laughs> I'll just have to. I'll just consolidate what I know and then move forward. Maybe that's the answer.
1: I think what I'm. I think what I'm saying is. A memorable acronym, and, and caps is one of those, right? Like, it, yeah. where okay, I, if you say caps, I have an image in my mind of where my needles ought my needle ought to go. I agree, crosswise. Not a good word for, not a precise anatomical yeah. word, but I I think caps works because I
0: th- it makes me think of a head. It's on your cap, but <laughs> just, I'm, I'm 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 I think it's good. And actually, what I'm I'm really happy that I found something that we don't both agree on because that just yeah. shows yeah. that um that's why we've got so many opinions and and that's okay. Uh, and it's, you know, we can still be friends and not necessarily uh,
1: have the same opinion, I hope. Um, <laughs> so here, here, I got a question for you. So should the surgeons be encouraged to stop calling it McBurney's point and instead say, it's the point that's one third from the umbilicus to the ASIS and that's where the Appendix pain should be felt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. I don't know. Well, I don't, there's Robot Jeff that came back. Robot uh, Jeff there. coming back. Yeah, back. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, very good point. Um, or the, Glass-
1: the Glasgow Coma Scale is that yeah. should be call- This is the trauma scale that includes eye, verbal, and motor stuff.
0: But or we just get rid of it and just have Avpoo You know, I mean, that, so that's to a certain extent they've simplified that, right? But Wait, yeah, but what you, Avpoo? You don't. <laughs>
1: And you don't is, are you you're messing with me now right is i it, have
0: poo alert verbal pain so response is alert response to pain I have poo uh
1: so you, I, your <laughs> have poo acronym just failed and then, <laughs> and response to verbal response to verbal okay. or is unresponsive <laughs>
0: say i have poo okay i have poo no yeah have poo it's a thing that you've never heard of no, have I, poo?
1: I guess no <laughs> always learning there we go <laughs> exactly. searching up Papu. Exactly. Okay. I,
0: it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a thing. Listen, Jeff, I think we've I think we've talked a lot about uh names. We've had our first online argument. Um <laughs> uh, not argument, disagreement. This is a great time to wrap up the episode. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. So what how would you summarize this. So, I, so, so the way I'd summarise it, I'd say, look, I think be sensible, be logical. We expe- Maybe we should accept that some names ain't going to change. Um, yep. And I think, you know, check out the Azra, Ezra, Nomenclature paper, uh, the one that's out already on chest and abdominal wall blocks. Keep your eye out for the upper limb one, which is coming out soon. Have a look yep. and see what we think. Yep. Um, and if you are taking the ultrasound probe up and, and having a look and looking at an approach for a new block, before you think about naming a new block, have a think. Make sure there isn't something already out there that's doing the same thing because we want to make sure that we're all doing the same things to benefit our patients. But be logical, be sensible, and make sure you document clearly what you're doing. If you're describing a technique to somebody, make sure you're very clear with your description of what you want them to do. I don't know. What do you think?
1: I, I agree. I think that's, that's, uh, that's good sound advice
0: yeah okay cool well listen let's wrap up this episode guys you know what to do please like subscribe and rate our podcast from a usual podcast provider uh, and let us know what you want us to talk about uh, and we've got a few places you can see us you can see us at uh, twitter or x now with at block it underscore hot underscore pod we're at youtube at block it like it's hot and and you know (laughs) our favorite one instagram and you can find us at block underscore it underscore like underscore it's underscore hot and until next time guys uh please don't forget to block it like like it's hot. hot